How are we doing? Good? Great? All right, let's just let's rip into this. I don't even know. Oh, hello. It's time for another episode of Drew Drogi's Minor Revelations. I put a little laugh in my voice to uh, pretend that there was brightness in my heart. It's all a lie. I'm lying through my teeth. Hello, everybody. Um, I hope you're having wonderful summers. Uh, mine's been great. I've, I've been busy, but I've also found some times to just sit by the pool and lounge and cackle. Um, sometimes to myself. Sometimes others are involved. Uh, that's, that's also really nice. Um, I uh, I just have been noticing. It just seems like this summer more than ever. There's been an insane amount of rosé consumed. I mean, it feels like every minute we're getting more and more into this, into this delicious pink, sometimes peach, sometimes onion skin, sometimes deep, deep fuchsia. Uh, burbling, gurgling, burbling, is that a word? It is when you're drunk. Hello, good morning. Um, this, this, this hybrid or this weird thing, is it white? Is it red? It's rosé. Um, and everyone feels very classy when they drink it. It's, it's, um, it should be very, very dry, and I, I find it delicious. I, I love it. Um, here's the thing. We love to be snotty about things. You know, we, we just say, remember that, that I'm going to say it, awful movie Sideways that's so overrated that it's just about horrible, entitled white male pigs and how awful they are to women and to their mothers and it's it it uh I love uh you know uh, lots of other things that all those people make but I did not care for that movie. Remember what it did to Merlot? It was like we decided Merlot is trash. Well, Merlot is not trash. There's types of Merlot that are delicious and Merlot like took a nosedive because we just, you know, we we just as lemmings that we are, we decided that that's not the appropriate wine to drink. Um, I, I I don't enjoy wine snobbery. I think you should like what you like. Um, but here's a, here's a, a spoiler for all you snobs. Um, a lot of the time when it's labeled rosé, you're drinking white Zinfandel. Um, they're they're kind of the same thing. I mean, they're made similarly. White Zinfandel is a lot sweeter, uh, and rosé should be a lot drier. But a lot of things that are labeled rosé are just they taste like Kool-Aid and everyone's like I'm having rosé well if you like a like a, a shitty sweet wine that's what you like and go for it I mean hey drink ranch if that's if that's your thing I love what you love I love Heinz ketchup I don't like any restaurant ketchup I don't like I don't like any sort of artisan organic Annie's no 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 hunts eat a dick hunts no I want Heinz ketchup um I know that I, I, I've I've tasted uh, much more, you know, elegant ketchups. I don't want it. I want Heinz. So if you like White Zinfandel, just enjoy it. Um, I don't like White Zinfandel, uh, just personally. I uh, um, I had a grandmother that on my on my dad's side, the 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 drinking side. My mom's side, they don't drink. My dad's side, and she would always have White Zinfandel at like family gatherings, and I would always be in this little crystal goblet. And I would always get to a little taste because they were all drunks, and they're like, "Let's get them drunk fast, and, you know, as young as they can. Get them, give them a taste for it. Uh, they'll be as bitter as we are before they hit puberty." Um, 
But I just growing up, it just it was just this sweet, sick. It would like it would sting the back of my jaw, and it was just so sugary. And then I remember one really fateful night in college where I did polish off an entire magnum handle of Behringer White Zinfandel, and that is like, I mean, just you're just like licking a sugar bowl. That's been left out in the sun, and um, it's horrifying. Um, so I like a I like a drier I like a drier wine, um, and uh, but that's just what I like. I don't I'm I don't think I'm better than you because you like a, a sweeter wine, but I just I'm I I, I just have to just say. A lot of you are drinking White Zinfandel, all right? Just just know that, that that's, that that's what that is, and you're being sold a bag of goods. It's just like when potato chips have sea salt on them, like Himalayan sea salt or like Madagascar vanilla. Like, come on, it's marketing. Rosé is marketing. It all is. Our next-door neighbors growing up were Shiite Muslims from Iran, but in Lincolnton, North Carolina, they couldn't tell everybody that they were Iranian, so they told all of us that they were from Persia, and we all believed them because it was the early 80s, and it's like Persia, ooh, you know, magic carpets. And that doesn't mean, you know, they were Iranian and they were they were lovely. They are lovely, and, and uh, but they, you know, sometimes you have to market how you... You know, who you are, what you drink, what you eat, uh, all of that. Uh, I promise I'm sober right now. I promise I am. Sure. Believe me. Um, But that's it. Uh, You know, just have a great summer. Sit by the pool. Enjoy your life. You're drinking white Zinfandel. Well, hello, you two. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> what if that was the voice you used this whole for like an hour? I would be like, oh, my God, what is she doing? Uh, I'm sitting here with with the wonderful, the effervescent oh, Mary Grill and Lana McKissick. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. I think you're effervescent. Oh, my gosh. Well, thanks. Yeah. Um, well, we were just talking about wine. I-, I was just talking about wine in my intro, and we started mm-hmm. talking about it a little bit. I'm like, let's save it for the podcast. So, Rosé, Mary, you enjoy it? Oh, I really like it. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Lana, you were saying? I guess I haven't really had it because I always thought it was White Zinfandel. So when you, you know said what, you're right, I was maybe like, I what? haven't. Yeah, no, you yeah. have had it. It's just that it's just that they're the same thing. I mean, I'm I'm speaking totally out of my ass, and I really need a wine like <laughs> like uh, you know snob to really tell you. But but if you Google them, it's like oh, they kind of are that they're made the same way. That's just that one is you know the sugar. It's it's ferments longer, I guess, and that's like White Zinfandel. Or less, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know how it works. Maybe it's less, and they can. I, I, I mean, I don't know what I mean. What I don't know what I'm saying. I like a, I like a cold <laughs> pink drink. I like a cold pink drink too. Mm-hmm. I used to. There came a day when I stopped liking sweet things. I don't know what happened. It happened no. with coffee, and it happened with alcohol. Like I don't. It was overnight. It oh, wasn't well, so, over but time. that's the thing. Is a rosé is not sweet, right? So now I'm like, I'll try. I've avoided yeah. it because I thought, well, I don't like white zin anymore. Yeah, if you try a rosé that's that's really sweet, it's really rose. It's really white zin. Um, which how many times have I said that today? Oh my god, I sound crazy. <laughs> um, I am the same way though. That I overnight, I just I got into scotch and olives and. Oh. 
uh, blue cheese and things that I never liked. Black licorice, like I turned into oh, an no. old man I was overnight. Just say, black licorice. I'm gonna start. I don't know. Like, am I gonna just start eating belts and you know and just you like are. licking the yeah. street because it, it's not like pungent and dirty enough for me? Like, I don't know. What am I? There was a study done that if you have. Uh, if you're if you like bitter things like mm-hmm. gin or olives uh-huh. or coffee, I, yep. that you have a higher chance of being a a, a psychopath. True, oh. <laughs> I'll own it. I like all those things. I was I like, know, I just what are those? What do those things mean? It's just like so crazy. I just ignore. I take I the ignore compliment. It. Ignore all yeah, of it. it. Sounds pretty accurate. I mean, I, I mean, I I'll own it. It's fine. But I'm like, I want Campari. I want right. I w- I want black coffee. Me too. I mean, I I, I love all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm not, but I used to be a way into like margaritas Mm -hmm. and like Midori sours and like really you know shitty sugary things. And I just I don't enjoy that anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't like sweet that much at all. I I used to think margaritas at all. I I mean a really good true freshly squeezed margarita like with lime juice and tequila. I love, but once you put that triple sec. Yeah, um, uh, m- margarita mix in it. No, 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 no. It's too. It's just too much. Gross. Syrup. Syrup. It's vile. It is. <laughs> I know, but we like. I'm we never like. going to invite I'll, you I'll to margaritas. I'll still drink it though. I know. I mean, you know, hey, <laughs> in a pinch. Um, it's always right when you go to like a, a like a you know an event or something that's like sponsored by, and you have like the limited choices. Yeah. And like, what am I gonna drink here? Because I'm also turning into a snot. Like, what I liked it. I just I like. I also know, like, if I have a, I'm gonna have a hangover tomorrow. If I have one exactly bullshit drink, like, yeah. I do have to think ahead about that. And yeah, and, and and I should just learn the lesson of like, how about have a water, Drew? Like, <laughs> do you have to have booze because it's there? Yeah, we have to have both. I mm-hmm. mean, yes, yeah. yes. There's mm-hmm. also that. Or like, not. No, not. not. <laughs> Mary, you're having a, a, a child. You're with child right I'm now. I'm having a baby. I haven't had a margarita or a rosé in a while. Oh, my gosh. Are you, Are you? because I know some pregnant ladies can say, like, they can have a glass of wine. Are you doing any of that at all? Or are you, just... you know what? I'm, I haven't. I've, I've had some sips more than, uh-huh. like, a glass. I thought I, I'm sure it's fine. I thought I would be somebody who was like, I'm going to have a beer here and there. I'm going to have a wine here and there. But... Honestly, I haven't because it's like I want five wines. Yes. I don't want oh, I one. Get that. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, I get it. and yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. To say and it no. does ruin sort of the the fun of like having a glass of wine when you know with every sip, like I'm not supposed to do this. Right, yeah. right, right, right. It kind right. of ruins it. So I yeah. was I was surprised to find like. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't have a, feel like I it. have a friend who loves drinking, and she's also having a baby or just had a baby, and she's like. She talked about it. She goes, I really didn't have a desire to drink that much because I think it's all that. It's a psychological thing where you're like, I shouldn't be doing this. And she's like, and I just didn't have a taste for it. Like once oh, I started I eating it. Oh, you do? Okay. I mean, you know, it, some people are like, it's horrible. I don't think it's horrible. It's just like it is what it is. And you just like put it over there. Uh-huh. But uh, now that, I mean, I'm doing like a month and now uh-huh. I'm like, I cannot wait to have <laughs> A dirty martini. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm looking at the wine in our house, like, on the wall, just going, like, what oh, are we going to do first? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so, oh, that's wonderful. Well, yeah. congrats. Thanks. That's, that's fantastic. Thank you. And again, just congrats on making it eight and going on nine months without alcohol because I just don't know that I could do that. I mean, I just I, I enjoy you it could. way too much. Eight or I, nine days. Sometimes I know. I, I haven't gone eight or nine days in that I know of without 
Years. Uh, Me, years. Uh, yeah, years. Yeah, years. It's been years. <laughs> That's yeah. <part> of... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, Lana, you and I have done a lot of shows at the Rockwell, which is a basically like a glorified, really nice dinner theater cabaret space. And part of our payment is alcohol. Like part of our deal is you get drinks afterwards. And, yeah. And, oh, and cool. it's a huge part of the culture because you have friends yes. come to see the show. Or even if friends don't come, then you hang out with the cast and everyone drinks. And it, you sort of go from like, oh, I have a glass of wine each night to being like, I'm binge drinking three nights a week. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> exactly. yeah. everyone wants to hang out and party with you, you know, and it's just, a, it's, it's, it is part of the culture. And right. it is sort of thing that I, I do, like, I, I really do truly admire my sober friends who are also part of the culture and have to just not drink and when they're right. out. Because, you know, I did a show last night, uh, you know, we did an improv show, and then we go across the bar from the Groundlings, and we we all have booze, and that's just part of the whole thing. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, to, to be able to to walk into the bar and be like, I have a lot of demons here, <laughs> but I don't want to just go home and not be uh, not brave. be included. Yeah. You know, because and we don't want you to go home just because right. you're sober and, you know, um, but it is a lot to have to go in there and be like, I'm going to get, you know, a soda water. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, because yeah. it's it's definitely part of sort of the culture. And, uh, and, I, and, you know, and also for me, like after a show, I'm always really tired and I, I kind of exa- and I so I have to be careful with drinking because I'm not really in touch with my sobriety level like I'm just like I sort of drink as if I'm thirsty and it's good and there are people and I'm excited and, I, and I'm this like, is empty and I'm and gonna I, fill it and I haven't yeah. eaten for the last three hours at least <laughs> and I so I'm just like oh I don't realize until like a couple in that I'm like whoa and I you've also been sweating for a couple hours so you're dehydrated especially at Rockwell we sweat yeah. so much there yeah. is it hot in there Oh, it is. Well, you're also, running around a restaurant yeah, right, and your okay. mics, you have a hot mic pack oh, on your right. back and you're, and you're in a wig and in okay. costumes and you do costume changes. And yeah, you're running around and people are, and, and like doors are opening with like steam coming out of it <laughs> with like pizzas and like rigatoni and whatever's uh-huh. happening coming right. out at you. I, I don't think they have rigatoni there, no. but I don't know. I'm, but they should. They should. So. Uh, Chris and Wayne, if you're listening, have rigatoni. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a blast. I mean, it's a whole experience. But mm-hmm. you're 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 in the there's sort of like you're just in the middle of everything, and you're running around in adrenaline, and you do sweat a lot. And there's a huge there's a band, and so you scream over a band, right? And, you know, so it's a lot. It's yeah. It's a, it's a very it's a, it's a workout. That'll make your heat sure. go up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. when it's packed, there are so many people in there. Yes, yeah. Right. Just right. that, even if two hundred people moving. can get in there, and oh so my yeah. God. Oh, it's really great. Have you ever seen a show there, Mary? No, I gotta go. And I dr- I live walking distance. Oh, oh you, have you to should go. go. I, I totally so want to. And we, my husband go. and I, we always go like we gotta go. Yeah. And then that's where that sure. ends. Yeah. But now well, I'm really gonna go. Yeah. Um, Bring the baby. It'll be fun. Yeah. Exactly. No. It's no. Mommy's <laughs> night. Okay. You're right. <laughs> mommy's having lots to drink. Very dirty martinis. <laughs> Go Nina. Uh, and then you, you uh, and your husband and uh, lovely Cass Bouguet mm-hmm. have, have a wonderful show called American Town Hall. Thanks, Drew. Which is, I've only done it, I think, twice. And it's the most fun show to do in LA. And I love, I've watched it a couple times, too. It's so much fun to watch. Um, it's, it's uh, well, I mean, you tell us what it is. I could just well, I want to just say thanks. You are such a pleasure to have on the show. We it's love so having much you fun on the to show. Do. It is so fun. So we've been doing it for four years, a little over. Um, and I think it's a testament to how much fun we have to have been doing it, you know, 
that many years yeah. and be like, I am. I have a great time every time. Yeah. Um, it is a fake city council meeting for a real American city, mm-hmm. but it's always in L.A. So we pretend we're in Rockford. We pretend we're in Sedona. We pretend we're in uh, Long Beach, wherever. And it's, right, right. Yeah. And then we have guest comedians. There's the city citizens and Matt and Cass and I are always the local government. Well, the three. So the three of you run mm-hmm. the meetings every time, right. and it's if you're just at that meeting. Right. And your character work is so good. Oh, you're nice. Oh no, it's it's scary that you feel like you're actually there. Yeah. And I and and you all like you 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 switch out genders and you just you all play like just and they these people that are just so damaged but it's just about getting this meeting across <laughs> yeah. and so you're in you're just like stuck in this meeting and it's such a fun idea for a show and the space are you still doing it at copper still we moved it to the virgil okay a that's what i thought ago. okay so the yeah. virgil is really fun is a really the great virgil space. has been great it's um, been a great move but with the copper still you were in the side room and it was like it, the look of it was like you were in a real right. meeting hall it was, and it was like, like a dumpy banquet hall yes is it filmed no offense, or it's a live still. show it's a live show it's a live show okay. and it's written we all okay. everybody writes a character bit and so when we, so the guests they always have like four about four guests yeah. Yeah, yeah who come to the meeting with a with some sort of agenda like they they have something that they've they've been scheduled and so um you know that you come and just you know somebody wants to uh protest the the you know the the pumpkin sale down the street or whatever it is. It could be <laughs> but they anything. really want to talk about the fair their neighbors having. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a lot of it's really stuff comes fun out. because like it's it's just the meeting is an entryway right. to get people here, and what it is is a platform to see all sorts of people's uh, eccentricities. Yes. you know, because if you if you've ever been to like a town hall meeting or heard oh, one on the oh, radio, oh, it's my favorite thing to watch. Like when people post like public access videos of people on town halls, I love it. It's, it's fascinating. Amazing. And they rarely get to the point. Oh, they oh, rarely, yeah, no. It's like... Well, they've never been... It's like just... It's un, It's just like unhinged. It's people yeah. just show up and they just... They'll pull things out of their bags. Mm-hmm. They'll just, just... You know, they don't know how to get to a point. They don't mm-hmm. know how to... They don't know storytelling. It's not like they <laughs> no. know... To, you know, and it's their time. It's and they usually have, they're furious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they are so mad that well, they've come to a meeting. Yes. Well, like, that's the other thing, too. It's like... You know, you want to see characters at that point. You don't want to see them like on a happy, like easy day. They want to be like, I feel so in- in- enraged and emboldened <laughs> yeah. to come here and just and just really let this out. But I mean, mm-hmm. one of my favorites that you've done, and I've told you a long time, but I love it, is that you played this man who was this ladies' shoe salesman. Oh, Barry, Barry Mayadays. M- Barry Mayadays, <laughs> and he was Cleveland, and he was in. Okay, so we were in Cleveland, and he. Was and he was having all these affairs with all these women, right. and he was kind of casually dropping different women that he had been with, and and it was just this, and he was super perky and really kind of friendly guy. He I was, was a like, rascal. I was like a sexy rascal. <laughs> and he was well intended. Well intended, but I would always mention these women and then immediately follow it with their shoe size. <laughs> <laughs> and so I knew everything yeah. about like what they wanted. In a shoe and in the sack. Uh, and I could deliver. And it wasn't good looking or sexy as a guy, but I just was like a monster lover. Oh, it was so great. <laughs> it was so fun was and just fun. disgusting. disgusting. I loved him. Disgusting. And, yeah. uh, and there was another one like in Iowa, I believe, that I did. And you guys were all drinking milk. Oh, that's right. And it was just like the, during the meeting, everyone was just full 2% milk. <laughs> and you guys were just drinking giant like glasses of milk during the meeting. That's it was right. just and, like, and Drew <gasps> was just 
trying to find his friend Rachel. He gets up. I mean, yeah, I that my my whole cried. thing was I was looking for my friend Rachel. That was my whole, <laughs> whole storyline. It was, and so I really funny just got though. there to talk shit about Rachel. Like it was really like I wanted the town against Rachel because I was mad at her. Right, and I was like, this was my forum to be like, you guys, she's, there's something wrong with her. Just so Has you anyone know. seen Rachel? <laughs> <laughs> so Wait, so do these characters come back ever, or is it no. like every town? No, is di- every town oh, is okay. different. They play different characters every That's time. That's so the magic cool. of it. You have no idea who they're going to be playing and what the status is going to be or what they, you know, and it's, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. It's a good I'm time. glad you think it's fun. We have it's so, so much, fun. much fun and it's fun to uh, have something, be part of something that you can invite people to and, and feel like you're going to have a good con- yes. time. Please yes. come. Right. Please come. And well, yeah. and it's, and it's everyone doing characters. And so it, it just feels like, uh, it, it, yeah, it doesn't feel like, oh, we're all trying out comedy. It's hilarious, but it's not like, come and sit through this a stand-up show or something where you're like, everyone's right. trying out jokes and stuff. It's like, it's just, you guys are such good improvisers. You take care of everybody that's in it. And everyone oh, sings a song too. at the end, like the town song. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just change the words to a popular song and yeah. it's all about the town. It's oh it's super God. fun. And Lana, so you fun. just finished the breakfast club. It was called the... The Last Breakfast the Club. The Last Breakfast Club <laughs> at, the, at the Rockwell. At the Rockwell, yeah. It was the a sequel, like homage, parody, I guess you could call it, to mm-hmm. The Breakfast Club. Um, but it was a musical, and it was all 80s rock, like the best music to <sighs> sing in the world. So much oh, fun. So great. Um, so they do yeah. the actual songs, or do they like change the lyrics for the show or anything? No. So the song we do the actual songs, and okay. then they're just sort of placed... In context, so at one point, for example, you had uh, Bender singing "Shout like Shout Shout Let It All" mm-hmm. with uh-huh. the brain, and it was like, you know, tell us what you really think, like get out of your shell, and it was like this crazy duet and uh-huh. a really pivotal moment in in our show. Well, that's the thing. The voices are incredible, right? At Rockwell, I mean, they're just they're they will they shake your skin off your body. They're so good, and you're just like you're watching because a lot it's a lot of. Broadway talent that you know, and Broadway caliber talent. It's the voices and and music guests, and you know, it's that that's where they go to do you know shows in L.A. I mean, that's really yeah. like the the and it's it's just it's wow. really incredible to sort of you know it's it, they're really usually for the most part funny shows. Sometimes they're not funny. They're not intended. They're they're not meant to be funny. And we yep. found some, you know, you were saying that in that show there were there was like some dramatic moments. And then when we did Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, there were um, a couple of we had some we had some dramatic moments and mm-hmm. um, you cried a bunch. Lana played uh, Andy, the uh, Anne Hathaway part mm-hmm. oh against against me as Miranda Priestly. Sometimes yeah. oh we gosh. both we both alternated, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you have yeah. have you seen pictures of Drew as Miranda? I must it's, have, right? It's terrible. Yes. He looked amazing. I look more like yes. Cinderella's mother from the cartoon. Yes. Uh, that awesome. wig was some, you know, crazy. Yeah. yeah. There was something but, about it though that just from the second you put it on and put your makeup on, you would raise one eyebrow, and I was so scared of you. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I'm thinking uh, of the eyebrow. Yeah, which like I you know. have, I believe it's like the weirdest thing, and I, it sounds so gross and hippy dippy and whatever. But it's just that thing as an actor. You know, when you put the shoes on, when you when you get your character's shoes and you can walk around in your character's shoes, you really do feel more like that person. Oh yeah. And wigs are the same way. There's something about it. You put, and it's just hair. It makes no sense. Shoes make sense because it really dictates how you walk and how you feel. And and if they're really constricting, it might, you know. But uh, hair, but there's something about your hair that really does 
define you. I totally you. agree. I always and say we're all just one hairstyle and outfit away from being a totally different person. Uh, yes, that's we even are. hair color like makes yeah. people feel yes. differently. Yes, for yes, sure. yeah. yes, and it's it is it's really crazy. And you put the wig on, you're like, I know who this is now. I get it. Right. And um, have you guys? I'm I'm sure both of you have done like mask work, like in like acting classes totally and stuff. I mean, no, but everyone's been talking about this lately. I'd never heard of it, and then I feel like two weeks ago. People were talking about mask work, mask work. I was like, what? What? So this is now the I third mean, I time. I really, I did it like years ago, but it's the it's the craziest thing because when I've done it before, you what I have done, and I haven't done it extensively, but the class that I did, or that you know, it was like it was like a day within a class. It wasn't mm-hmm. even a full class. Mm-hmm. But I, you close your eyes, and then people. In the class, or, or the teacher would put a mask on your face. A, an actual mask. An actual mask. Okay. And you would open your eyes, and without touching the mask that was on your own face, you would just start behaving. Mm. And it's fascinating how the mask takes over how you behave. Totally. And when you would watch other people do it, you're like, they have no idea what they look like, yet it's all making sense. Right. Huh. And it's weird how like you put something on, and there's a shape that takes over your, your head, and you can feel... Really aggressive or really you become imbued flirty or whatever. It's yeah. really weird how it has something like takes over. There's some some witchy power in that yeah. that whole thing, and I don't know how it I don't know how it works, but um, yeah, we, I do believe used, in that. Um, I went to like an acting conservatory uh-huh. at, at DePaul, and uh, we did mask work with neutral masks. Have uh-huh. you heard of this? Mm-hmm. They're they're clear. They're clear plastic masks. So and like, they have so like, 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 like convenience store robber masks. Probably, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't look like yourself, but it isn't. It isn't a. It isn't like a devil or a grandma. Right, 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 it's right, just right, right. Like yeah. a, we all had the same thing, and it had drawn eyebrows and I think like uh, lips and you know simple features. Uh-huh. But you kind of go away, right. and it was really fascinating because. I think what ends up coming out in your physicality or however you're performing are just your natural innate ideas. Uh It's cool. Wow. That that is really that is really fascinating. And this is another leap. What made me that what made me think of was that I um, I've always been fascinated by the like furry and plushy. Culture, like, do you know what that is? No, what is that? Well, one of them, I'm not sure which is which, but one of them is you like to dress up like a stuffed animal and do sexual things. Oh, and the other okay. one is having <laughs> sex with those things involved, I believe. What? But, um, yeah. and it's one of those things that I, I don't really know that much about. I saw a documentary uh, in Seattle. Okay. When you're in Seattle, you know, <laughs> I saw a documentary called Fursonas, and it was really fascinating. It was actually more about this one crazy guy that was running this whole um, this this operation, and it, it, it's, a, it's a great documentary. But I was sort of like, what's that about? Because it's so not what I'm interested in. And also, I feel like I'm so sexually boring because I feel like a lot of it is because I get to act out a lot of my fantasies on stage. Like That's the, so funny. I, I mean, I, I, on top of other things, I'm sure. But I'm just, and, and I'm, I'm like, there's part of me that I'm like, I'm dying to have a partner that like introduced me to some really weird kinky sex thing because I'm just not 
into anything that kinky, and I I love people who are, and I am fascinated by it. I'm, I'm more like you've got your outlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. Like, I could never do role playing. Like, I could never like no. walk into a bedroom dressed like a cowboy yeah. because that's what I do for a living. Yeah, that's and why I, would I never feel want like, to dress up on Halloween. I never want to dress up on Halloween either, and it's like it kills all that instinct for you. As you're just like, that's what I'm. I'm like, unless there's an audience or a paycheck, I don't want to do that. And also, like, I don't. I'm not interested in that because then it's like. We're just going to end up laughing. I'm not going to... It doesn't turn me on. Yeah. I, I, I'm all about, like, show me who you are. Show me the truth. Let's oh, get to yeah. the... Let's get I to... I like that. The, uh, you know, and that's not neither here nor there. But the furry thing, I'm just like, what is that that makes you want to, to be into that? And and so I saw this documentary, and I have a friend that lives up there. Uh, actually, Matt Baum, who's done this show before, mm-hmm. um, who's, this, who's wonderful, and he... Um, invited me to uh, a furry party um, because he knew of one while that was happening. And I was like, oh, my God, yes, yes. Is that part of it? Like, um, they all go to parties? Yeah, they have, okay. like, these, these these sort of parties. And so I, you know, and I was like, I'm very interested in this. I don't want to go in this to make fun of them or, like, or to gloat. And I also, if this is not cool for me to go to, let me know about that, too. Because I have kind of a problem with, like, hey, let's go to black church this week. You know, it kind of feels a little bit like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's right. go to the, it's just, you know, I, you know, I have a problem with that thing. So I'm like, I want to be very respectful, but I'm fascinated. I would love right, to go. Right, right. And he's like, no, 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 there are people at all different stages of it and a lot of people that are curious. And, and I was like, as long as, you know. But I immediately got it when I walked in because it is people who, for the most part, that are in these head-to-toe fursuits and they were playing around there was nothing sexual happening in front of it was it was just a dance party kind of a thing did you have to wear anything or no no that was the thing they they welcomed every you know um i I think it was a big thing about like no videos and no because i mean obviously it was like a a safe space so there was no like if you're acting weird or like inappropriate um and I, and, I, and I don't know that, like, I mean, maybe later in the night it, it got a little bit, a little bit, you know, dirtier. But when I was there, what I, what I saw was, like, everybody was putting on these head-to-toe costumes and they could be whoever they wanted to be. And they were interacting with each other and they were rolling around on the floor and they were playing. And I was like, how free must it feel? Like, if you don't, you, there's no, like, sense of rejection. All your hangups about what you look like or what you might say or... All that goes away, and you're just this—you're just this animal with this other animal, and you're playing, and it's so primal. And mm. I was like, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, and I still wasn't like, like I wanted to do it as much as I was like, I totally understood in that mm-hmm. sense. And I was like, mm-hmm. this—I—I I, I don't know how I didn't see this before. Like I was like, I totally get it. How for a lot of people, and it's the same as like. People who go to a Comic Con and like they feel so empowered. Yeah. Drag queens, like I'm this shy guy, and then I put a wing on and I have all this power. It's like yeah. there is a there is a power to this thing that sort of removes you, you from you from you. Yeah, and a lot of it is from the own, from your bullshit ideas about yourself. Yeah, because it's all you the whole yeah. time. Yeah, you're the same person that you were, you know, without all that on. But yeah, yeah it, it gives you a freedom to let things come out that you might be scared to. You know, and it takes you back to being a kid again. It's like yeah. when kids meet other kids at restaurant. You know, adults are at a restaurant, and the kids run away, and they meet other kids in the restaurant, and they're playing, and they're best friends all of a sudden. Like that yeah. thing that we don't do as adults because we're like right. we have walls up, and we can't possibly just make a friend <laughs> all of a sudden. And yeah. you know, we might we may have a little polite yeah. banter, but 
kids are just like, hey, you're cool. You're kind of my age. Let's go to run and eat leaves or whatever. And yeah, it's like, yeah. you know. Um, so anyway, I just, I, 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 uh, I, I do love that. And I, I know it was, it's, it is fascinating. It kind of makes me wonder what we would all be into if we would, didn't have the outlet that we have. Like, I know. I'm like, what? Right. I know. I, I, I know. It's so funny. That like, it's like, whoa, I, I don't know what I would That's do. the thing. Like what we do is, is weird to a lot of people. The idea that we, we all put on wigs and we, mm-hmm. we tell stories. Like I, sometimes I'm, I'll be backstage in a crazy costume and I'll look at all the people and we're all like so serious about what we're doing. We're like, all right. So in this scene, I've got to go out and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. we're going in front of people. <laughs> To just like entertain them, yeah, and then be like, "Thank you." And it's been going on from the his- beginning of time. I mean, it is, you know, it's mm-hmm. one of the oldest things that you know from the beginning of caveman times. There were people that would get up and tell stories and and perform mm-hmm. and and make other people happy. And it's like, if we didn't have that outlet, what what would we be doing? Right. I don't want to know. I don't want to know either. <laughs> I just I do feel very lucky that I that I that I do love this and that I get to do this because right. you know, um, you know, a lot of people don't know that that's they don't know that they can do that. They're like, I, I, I would love to do that, but there's no way I could do that. I'm like, well, we're the idiots who are like, I don't know if I can do it. Or I'm not going to ask for permission. I'm just going to start doing it, and right. you know, it's pretty wonderful. It yeah. is wonderful. Yeah. Right. You just play your whole life. Oh, play! I know yeah. that's all we do. Um, <laughs> well, I want to hear. I want to hear from y'all. I want to hear some, uh, some personal, some some uh, revelations or some stories or something. I like it. Yeah. Who wants to go <laughs> yeah. first? Uh, I'll go. All right. All right, Miss Lana. All right. Well, I was thinking and thinking about. I was like, what have I not really told people? Because I don't know. I feel pretty open about the weird and yeah. things that I've done in my life. But um, I remembered. When I was a child, uh, I grew up in L.A., so, you know, of course, I was like, well, I'm going to be an actor and singer and whatever, as everyone does mm-hmm. who's from here. Sure. Is that um, right? <clears throat> like yeah. You, there's, like, a real feeling of, like, I think vocation, so. Hollywood vocation here. It just seems, because I know people who come from other places often say, I didn't even know that was a possibility That for was me. my story. I had no idea that anybody could do that. I'm yeah. like, you're either Brad Pitt or you're in the gutter. Like, there was no in-between, and so and I'll never be Brad But You know, I mean, I never thought it was a... It just sounded like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to live in a coloring book for my life. It just, just sounds like a crazy <laughs> thing. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But when you're here, it's, it is so accessible. It's like, yes. I totally. can easily find my way into an acting school or whatever it is. Um, so my parents wanted to make sure that I knew what I was getting into before I really made a decision. And that sounds ridiculous because I was a child, but they were like, let's expose you to all you know, kinds of different activities and things. So at any given moment, I was a very busy kid. I I was in like, I was on swim team. I took figure skating lessons. I was in like taekwondo and jujitsu and gymnastics. And oh my god! Um, but I was also doing like painting and and acting school and singing lessons and dance classes. And I was also doing kumon and I took what? abacus lessons. You guys, that was it, a real kumon, thing. Kumon is that the the, the what like, is that? It's the, like math for when when you're a kid. It's basically yeah. like math tutoring, but they're teaching you levels ahead of what you should be doing at your age. So oh, I was doing that's like, what that is. Because I know I know what it, I mean. I've I've gone by the. They're in New York. I, I, I friends of mine where I stay. They live right around the corner from one of the, one of those places, and mm-hmm. I'm always like, "What is that?" Yeah, because it's also the, like the, face. the logo is a weird. <laughs> it's, it's a weird, frowny, frowny, frowny it, like it looks. 
Yeah. I mean, this is I've so inappropriate, but like... it looks like Asperger's. It looks like some sort of like <laughs> flat affect, like I have nothing going on. Yeah, I've always and been like, that's I... where kids who need a lot of help go. Yes, I thought it was that. But you're saying but it's, it's advanced. I think it can also. Well, it also is different. So when I was a kid, there was no weird face. It was like a very, like you walked in, it was very serious. Um, I think it can also be like tutoring for school but when I was there it was like I was doing like pre-calculus and I was in like elementary school and I don't even I was like I don't really necessarily understand but I know how to do it you know what I mean sure Mm. sure like I couldn't grasp like higher level concepts but I was like I'm very smart I know how to you know Uh, answer Mm -hmm. the question Mm -hmm. Um, but in any case one by one I realized I'm terrible at most of those things like I'm very unathletic and like really bad at art so I was like I don't (laughs) like these things I'm not good at these things and I was like I really want to act and sing and um, so my parents said, okay, well, the only thing is you have to keep up your grades. That's like the one, you know, prerequisite we have for you following this career path. And I was like, great, of course. I was always good at school. I was, I was a when, pretty good I'm kid. I'm sorry, were your parents yeah. in the business at all? No. So my dad okay. was a criminal defense attorney. That's right. I knew that. Yeah, and my yeah. mom, uh, it was a stay-at-home mom, but she's, she's a very strict Japanese um, just whatever you conjure up when you hear that, that's that's what she was. Sure, sure, God sure. Is. <laughs> um, Say yes. no more about her. Oh, I know, I know the one. <laughs> You've met my mother. Um, and but my dad was like sort of the opposite. You know, he was all American. Like he was the m- smartest person I had ever met. Still, have he passed away? But he was the smartest person I'd ever met in my life. Um, photographic memory, like super. Oh wow! Um, but he was a lot more relaxed, and he was just sort of like, "I want you to experience life too, and have a good time, but you have to keep your grades up." So anyway, uh, it's middle school, and I remember I knew report cards were coming out, and that I wasn't going to do well in science. And the only <laughs> thing I had ever really not done well was in penmanship. <laughs> Terrible handwriting. Oh, me I don't, too. There's nothing that can be done about it, I guess. I have really good handwriting and it's really? the most okay. useless thing ever. No, it's just like, <laughs> I don't know why I even keep it up. But but that's something that even someone who doesn't know anything about you, they can look at your penmanship and go, oh, that's nice. Like People look at me and they're like, you're a serial killer What's wrong? or you're a doctor. I don't that's know. like me you too. Must, you, you must like a... uh, really like bitter foods. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. Black coffee. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, when I knew, I was like, science, I don't know, I don't know what it's going to be, but I know it's not going to be good. So I, all of a sudden, was very helpful around the house because I was like, I have to be near the mailbox when the mail comes so that I can make oh, sure yeah. that I get to it first so uh-huh. that I can, like, prepare or whatever. Yep. So I was like, I was like, oh, let me help with the, bring the groceries inside. Or like, oh, let me go bring the trash out. Like, I was always checking the mail. I'm like, oh, when is it going to come? So finally, one day when I checked the mail, I see, oh, this is my report card. So I stick it in my backpack. I run upstairs and I open it and I got a C in science, which was unacceptable in my house. Uh, and I was like, I don't know what to do. And I started crying because I remember like, they're going to make me quit acting and they're also going to like kill me, never <laughs> talk oh, to me again. Oh I'm going to be buried in the backyard. Oh. These are all like legitimate <laughs> thoughts that I had, which of course were ludicrous, but I, I they were sure. real fears oh, that I had. it's all so real. That it, yeah. <laughs> so real. So dramatic. And I said, okay, the only way to deal with this is I have to, my dad was away on a business trip and I was like, if they'd never know this report card came, then maybe I can somehow just like skate over this and no one will be the wiser my mom's like you know distracted with my two sisters as well i was like maybe they just won't know so so i'm just gonna throw it away and not say anything but i was like if i throw it away at home and my mom happens to go through the trash she'll find it she'll be really mad i'm so paranoid right still but so i i I said okay i'll throw it away at school and then i went no that's a terrible idea if they find (laughs) it the janitor is going through it for some reason 
because apparently that's what people do. Go yeah. through their trash, find a report card, and then I was like, well, I'll be in trouble with my parents and the school, and I'll, you know, be expelled, and then I'll never go to college. Anyway, it's real bad. No, very, we're, very we're, terrible. we are trained to have all that with all of that fear. We are yeah. trained yeah. to our permanent record. Yes. You know, our resume. Everything's about about building up to college, and any false move. Yes, you're fucked. You're fucked. And this is middle school too. It's yeah. not even high school. It's really not that big a deal. But I thought, all right, I know there's this contest going on right now at school. It's like an art thing. You can either do, you can take some pictures, and there's like a photography segment, or you can like draw things or whatever. And I said, okay, I'm going to tell my mom that I'm entering this contest, and that I need some materials. So I said, we have to go to, I think it was Thrifty at the time. It's now Rite Aid. Uh, I said, we have to go to Thrifty, Mom. I have this project, and it's really important to me, and I need to get it done. She's like, right now? I said, yeah, we have to go right now. Okay. So she took me, and we came back. So at the the store, I bought, like, poster board. I bought construction (laughs) paper of all different... And I was serious. I I couldn't get caught. Like, it was... That's how scared I was. Oh, my God. But Elmer's glue. I bought (laughs) all kinds of stuff. And initially, I was just going to get the poster board and the glue, but I thought, she's going to be like, what are you making? So I bought things that like feathers and glitter. I remember being like, she has to think this is real. So I just wasted so much money. Bought all this stuff, brought it home. My mom's like, good luck. I was like, thank you so much. Bye. And I ran upstairs and I ripped up my, oh no, I didn't rip it. I cut with scissors my report card into tiny, I essentially shredded it, but into tiny little pieces and then glued oh, those to construction paper that I also cut up. And then I glued those to the poster board like, you know, so that the report card was hidden with the construction paper. I this threw is glitter. my favorite thing ever. I love this so, <laughs> so much. I love I you. glitter all over it. Uh, Feathers. It was a disaster. But uh, I was like, uh, she's uh, never, uh. ever going to know what's on the bottom of this. Um, and so I brought it downstairs. And then I thought, well, you know, I kind of want to bring it to school in case, again, the janitor is going through the art project and, you know, taking it apart as you do. As and, janitors <laughs> do. As janitors do. Their favorite thing to do is to really deconstruct art. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I went downstairs and my mom was like, I don't what is this? And I was like, you hate it. And I made this big scene and I was like, it's terrible. I'm throwing it away. I'm not doing this competition. I know she felt oh, so bad, but I was like, God. So, so I threw it away. And, uh, and was yeah. that part of the plan the whole time? Like. Mm- I hadn't it's going to then end up in the garbage? No, I hadn't thought that far ahead. But once she was like, what is this? I was like, oh, this is great. I'll, I'll make her feel like, you know, badly bad. Anyway, I was Improviser so twisted. Improviser in training. Yep. <laughs> Horrible. Yep. Oh, I threw in the trash. Thankfully, my plan worked. My parents never knew. I think I told them later. They never knew this happened. They forgot that my report card was coming. Everything was fine. A few years later, I got a C in a science class. Oh, sorry, on a science test. One test. It wasn't a report card. So everything was okay. Um, but I was like, oh, I got to tell my dad about this. And I said, Daddy, I'm so sorry. I got this C on this test. And he started crying. And I was like, what? And he goes, this is my fault. Like, I passed. I, I've never been good at science. And this man is a genius, like a legitimate oh. genius. And he was oh, crying. And I felt... My. So bad, and then I was just like, "Thank God, I never showed him that report card. That was a report card. He would have been yeah, devastated." He saw that as a reflection test. on himself. Yes. Oh so I realized gosh. that lying and cheating is always the answer when you need to get out of a situation. That was my oh, revelation. That's oh, right. I, I, abso- absolutely. Yeah. And I and I love. I mean, for me, I was I was so hard on myself about grades that I never made a B through high school. Uh, wow. I was straight A's. I was valedictorian in my high school. You were? Yeah, I was. Good and job. I was Mr. But I was, but it was uh, to it what was end? It was stressful. It was stressful yeah. and it was one of those things and I mean, I went to a small high school and it wasn't like I, I you know, but, but I still, I put so much pressure on myself because it was one of those things that I, 
I saw that it was attainable and I was like, oh, I can do, I've got this. This is mine. Mm -hmm. And I remember when, you know, there was somebody that moved in on 11th grade who was my, who became this salutatorian, but he just, and I, I thought it was clearly mine. And then I saw that this guy moved in and I was like, oh, I, you know, we were neck and neck. I mean, I got down to the end and I was like, I'm going to, you know, and, uh, you know, it, I was so hard on myself about, about grades and about making the good grade. And I thought that was what was important. And then, and I've told this story before on here, but I was um, busted for smoking pot and I got kicked out of every club my senior year and I just, I, all the scandal. Oh, and no, no. I, the only thing they couldn't take away from me was valedictorian. So I was president of all these clubs and all these things. But the one thing I had, um, but it was this bitter victory. I mean, I got to give the graduation speech, but I realized how unimportant all that was. And then I went to college and I was praying for C's when I went to college and was really go- taking tough classes. And then I remember getting my first C, my you know first semester of freshman year. And how relieved my parents were. They're like, oh, thank God. Like, you seem so <laughs> much more human off. being. You're so much yeah. more like a human being now. You know, because there's also a thing I think about, like, you know, uh, you know, and it's, you know, just like for me, I'm like, I'm not dealing with who I am. I'm going to just be constantly like, I'm going to be the, the overachiever and I'm going to make straight A's. And, and mm-hmm. I thought the world worked that way. I thought the world mm-hmm. was just going to open up and give me everything because I made good grades in high school. Mm. And nobody cares. No mm-hmm. one asks you what you mm-hmm. made on your SAT. Nobody, nobody cares about that stuff. But you, it's so important to you. And, the, and your world is that. Like, mm-hmm. it's everything. And, um, you know, and I never, I was like, I remember thinking, I was horrible in my head about a lot of people, like, what's it like for them? They make a lot of B's and C's. And they probably made a D. <laughs> God, they must just really struggle. And I'm like, no, they're happier with who they are, that they are, you know, easily smarter than you are. They are not, my brother, you know, is is a genius. And But my brother knew from an early age that grades didn't matter. And he made okay grades. He went through a period where he was making terrible grades. It doesn't make him less smart or like, and he's, now he has this amazing job and, you know, owns a house and, has, you know, it's like he's done insanely well for himself uh-huh. and has a, supports a family, you know, and I'm still putting on wigs and going to furry parties <laughs> and I, on my, in my 40 years on earth. But, but you I mean, got those A's. But I got A's, everybody. <laughs> but it just, it's so weird how, the, but I remember the, like, the pressure um, and awful. just, and grades and it was... You know, it, it sucks that we that that's what it's about, for, huh. you know. And I'm so glad. I mean, I had to learn the lesson really hard and and fast and publicly because it was a public humiliation for me that it was like you are, hard. you know. And uh, and there were eight of us that were that were caught, and we were, all were brought down. Mm-hmm. And um, so you know, we we had each other, and and we still do. We we get together and and laugh about it a lot. And. Mm. Um, and uh, or at least you know on you know um, online on the Facebook because we're <laughs> scattered all over. But I mean, like, thank God that that happened. Yeah, you know. And I think about all the major things in my life, and I'm like, you know, major setbacks that really suck at the time and career stuff. And I'm like, it all prepares you for like realizing that like the world doesn't owe you anything just because right. you deserve it. Right. Like you know, I mean, in this business that we're in, like, how many jobs? Like, do we think that should have been mine? Well, yeah, maybe, sure, but it, it's you know, not, yeah. and and it's not gonna just because you deserve it. It's not gonna You're make not it gonna happen. Get it. Yeah, you know, there's so many things, and you have to just kind of go. All right, was well, meant to be. 
shaking it off. And I'm very glad I had to learn that lesson That's because I don't know if I think I'd had, if I'd had casual hints thrown my way, I don't know that it would have hit me. I had to have like an anvil fall on yeah. my head and go, okay, you know. I had a very, I, I had like the same, I learned the same lesson, but I had a really different experience in school growing up. I, I'm one of five kids and my parents were really amazing. And you have a very artistic family. A really artistic family. Yeah. And um, my parents were really good about about judging each of us as who we are were in school. I mean, uh-huh. like they weren't like the grill kids get A's. They were like, Andrew gets these grades, Claire gets these grades, Mary gets these grades. Uh-huh. I had some like major problems in school. Now uh-huh. I was a great student. I got a, mostly A's, but it wasn't because I have like some. Uh, reading disabilities uh-huh. and some some things that I were that were barriers, and um, also being one of five, like it's amazing to me that m- that my parents worked with me the way they did. Uh-huh. Yeah, I um, almost uh, like probably starting in about fourth grade, my dad did my homework with me every single night. Wow, through high school, and it was mostly. Like math and history and mostly mostly those two. Like I could uh-huh. um I had a really specific way of approaching information is mm-hmm. the simplest mm-hmm. way to say it. But like I would do my homework, he would check it, and then we would redo the whole thing. And I would spend with my dad probably three hours a night. Wow. wow. He, when they would go out of town, which wasn't super often, he would outline every lesson I would be learning while he was gone oh, wow. and he would put it like basically in my language That's and so i cool. succeeded yeah. in school yeah. because they cared but mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i worked so much harder than the people around me for the a's and b's that i got and mm-hmm. the occasional c and i got a d i got a d here <laughs> But yeah. like, okay, the doors, think, the doors right here. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to meet you, but that's <laughs> just horrifying. It's the worst thing I've ever heard. You disgusting. idiot. You idiot. But like, I think what my takeaway was like, similarly, I felt like I knew what working as hard as you possibly can looked like. Right. And then you get to this profession and all of that effort Yep. Like you're saying, like doesn't automatically mean you get the A or whatever, no. whatever. You know, like hard work doesn't necessarily equal uh, results right. in what we do. And right. often mm-hmm. the opposite happens. I've found mm-hmm. that there are things that I've spent so much time preparing for, like hours and hours detailing and analyzing. And then I go in and I'm like, well, that went terribly. And then there's something I'm like, I don't have time to look at this. And yes. I look it and I'm like, why? How, Just wow, why? How, why? It's and not how, how the world should work. I know, I know. And it does. It does. <laughs> and it's just a thing where you have to believe that there's something greater than us that's at play that knows what's up mm-hmm. and that we have to just go, okay, cool. Uh, I'm just a part of this. I'm playing right. along with this because, yeah, you make yourself crazy analyzing why. Like, why did that mm-hmm. go terribly? Why did that, you know? And um, and and we get in our own way. We're our own worst enemy. We get like we make things too important. I know that's why. Like I have to do a million shows and have a million things on my plate at one time because I feel like my work is better. Mm. I'm cranky. I'm tired sometimes, and I can be really sharp. And lately, I'm finding myself being like, Ugh, 
because I'm busy, but I'm loving being busy, and I feel like I can kind of do better work when I get out of my own way. Right. And if I go a long time without uh, performing, then I will do like a one-off at some, you know, tiny little space, and I make it so important to myself, mm-hmm. and I'm like so nervous and worried, and what's this going to be, and what's that, and yeah, like you have to remember, like this is what we do, and like it's going to go how it goes, and it's kind of out of my hands, yeah, you know, and it's just like I don't have to remember why I'm doing this; it's to have fun and mm-hmm. to connect and. You know, and my idea of what it's going to be or how it's going to go. It's just like, you know, how we have like conversations like, you know, we have plans to meet somebody for lunch and we start. I do this like in my head in the shower before I meet them. I start having the conversation like what are we going to talk about? Mm -hmm. And it's all goes out the window. Like it's like I don't know why I do that. But it's Mm -hmm. like this weird thing to like make myself feel like everything's going to be okay. But I'm like, it's. It is going to be okay, yeah. and it's probably not going to go the way you think it's going to go, and who knows what you're going to talk about, and, you know, sometimes I'm like, I want to make sure to ask them about such, such and such, or I can't wait to tell them the story, and maybe it comes up, maybe it doesn't. Yeah. Relax. Yeah. Try the chicken. Yeah. You know? It's, I mean, it's, it's like, just to like... to things to go well. <laughs> yeah. You know, or to connect, yeah. you know? But also think... things never go exactly, yeah. ever, no. ever, ever, the way ever. that you think they're... And sometimes for the better, but... Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. Mary, I want to hear. A, I want to hear a story, a revelation, <laughs> a thing. Anything. This is something. Uh, well, I like telling this story because I don't uh, share it very often, and then people are like, "No kidding, that happened to you." Um, when, so I'm from Chicago, and when I was still living there, I won money in a raffle. Do you know about this? No, I don't know about this. Yeah. How old were Good. you? I was uh, 25. Okay. So. I uh, was. I used to answer phones at a hair salon in Chicago, <laughs> and yeah. in the basement, what? no windows, mold on the walls, low what? ceilings. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Who would go get their hair done? Although, no, the never riches, mind. The riches were upstairs. Oh, uh, okay. And I was answering the phones in the basement. Oh, I see. Oh I my see. god. So, were you okay. alone? The no, basement? there was like a bunch of girls. Okay. It was like there were like <laughs> At least the you were, you, were you kidnapped and forced to do <laughs> we this? Were. Or were you, you know? <laughs> we were. <laughs> yeah. You know, those girls were a lot of fun and we were friends and it was like, you know, everybody was in their early twenties and mm-hmm. trying to figure it out. And I was sure. like and they I it was like one of my first interviews out of college and uh you know, I did the math on what I needed to make in order to pay rent and these things and um all i wanted to do was like get going and and audition and stuff and so i i sat down for an interview and uh, said you know can i can i go out and audition like here and there when when that comes up at work and they were like sure and i was like great i'm sold it didn't yeah, yeah, n- yeah. nothing else mattered that, yeah i i totally rem- mm-hmm. yeah of course mm-hmm. i remember that when i moved to la i was like i'm i'm getting a job and I'm going to auditions whenever they happen, and if they won't let me out, I'll just quit the job. Exactly. Like I didn't, I didn't think beyond that. I was like, "That's I fine. I'll I just quit. Either. Get another job." Yeah, yeah. I, had I no didn't idea care how hard it was, was to get silly. a job, <laughs> or like a, a dumb job. You know, it was. Yeah. It didn't matter. It was right. just money. Right. And that's fine. So uh, anyway, I was broke. Because <laughs> it was that job. I was answering phones at a salon. Yeah. And also I was young. Uh, but I was walking down the street uh, outside the salon one day on Armitage. And I came upon this woman who had like pamphlets. And she said, would you like to win one of those cars? And she sort of like motioned 
to the parking lot across the street, and it was it had five red sports cars, like a Range Rover, a Mercedes Benz, a BMW, and and a his and her Mini Cooper, which was like a Mini oh. Cooper, and then like a convertible, and, and I, a Mini Cooper that was pink that had yeah. eyelashes over the eyes. <laughs> so, or whatever, yeah. which one is hers? <laughs> um, so I said, yeah, I would like to win one of those cars, and she said, well. You can buy a ticket and enter the raffle for the Children's Memorial Hospital. They're $100. We're having like a black tie dinner, and the the winner will be chosen. Uh, uh, And I was like, oh, I, you know, I don't have 100 bucks. Thank you so much. uh And the pamphlets were like official, and I had some guilt about taking taking one when I knew I wasn't going to, I didn't have the money to buy a a raffle ticket. And so I, I love s- you had guilt over taking a pamphlet. I definitely did. I was like, that's got gloss. No. <laughs> like these aren't just like pieces of paper flyers. So it's a full folded pamphlet. It is a folded pamphlet. So I said, No thanks. I, I don't um have the hundred dollars, you know, good luck. And she said, Well, there are five grand prize winners and there's only five thousand tickets sold. And and my reaction was great odds great. Yeah, one in a thousand one in a thousand and i was like those are great odds and and i was like i'm, I'm just impressed that they could sell five thousand hundred dollar hundred dollar tickets on the street yes yeah i don't know if they'd sell them all maybe they don't yeah maybe they do maybe who knows but there's a limit it's not yeah. like a million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So anyway, I was like, I will take a pamphlet. I'm going to take yeah. one. And she gave it to me, and I had it in my hand, and I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to win. And I went back home to my parents that night. They were we just I was just going to visit, and we were barbecuing. And I was sitting on the deck. It was just my dad and I, and I was telling them about this, and I said, you know, I, I ran into this lady. She was she, there's a fundraiser for Children's Memorial Hospital. Uh, the tickets are a hundred dollars. Um, you can choose a sports car, or you can choose a cash prize of forty thousand dollars. It's your choice. And I think I'm going to win. And my dad said, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> and I was like, "I really just." I really think I'm going to win. I said, Dad, I don't have $100, but I have $50. Would you would you split it with me? And he was like, why do you think you're going to win? And I was like, I don't know. But but honestly, I hate to break it to you. I'm, I'm going to win. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and so he was like, okay. My dad's a doctor. He was happy to, to yeah. donate to the hospital. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll split it with you. And so we filled it out and put it in the mail. And the... The black tie dinner was maybe two months away, and I wasn't obviously going to go to that, but I could, you know, they had my phone number. Mm-hmm. And so I um, told everyone at the salon about this, all the girls <laughs> in the basement. All the basement girls. Yeah, and the ladies who, like, painted people's nails. And I was like, you guys, I am going to win $40,000. And they were like, what are you talking about? And I was like... Well, there's this woman. She sold a raffle ticket, and I got the ticket. And I really just, I think I'm going to win. And oh, my God. So I, I got the ticket in the mail. I probably told about 30 people in my life. Like, just so you know, 
I'm about to have a windfall. I was working at Second <laughs> City. I told my director, like, hey, I am going to be in Italy, I think, while there are these, this part of the show is running that I wanted to be involved in. So what should I do? Because like, you're that... already planning your Italian yes. vacation. Oh, yeah. I already Ita- spent that money. Yeah. Love yeah. It. yeah. Yes. My brother and my, my very good friend Joe were both in Italy. And I was like, well, I'm going to do something fun. And then the rest all. <laughs> I, I wanted to use it to move to New York because I really wanted to, like, yeah. get it going with what I was with comedy and life and things. And I really wanted to move to New York, but I, I didn't have uh, the money to do that. And so this was the plan. I uh-huh. was like, I'm going to win this money. I'm going to move to New York. But first, I'm going to go to Italy. And <laughs> so and my director at Second City was like, you're going to Italy. And I was like, well, yes, I think I'm going to win $40,000. And then I'm... Oh, and my he God. Was Your like, improv teacher was like, I he was like, got you're a loot <laughs> Yeah. He was like, okay. Um, so also, I love you told him, like in my years of teaching improv, I never had a student that was like, I think I'm going to win all this money. What the hell was I talking I about? But it. you knew. So you just it was okay. knew. You just knew. Yeah. I totally knew. I The day that they chose the numbers at at the children's, or the, or, I'm sorry, the, the black tie dinner happened. And I didn't realize it had happened. It happened over the weekend. And I punched in for work. Um, I think it was a it was a Tuesday. And I punched in and I said to the girls, like, did I sit down and I get the call? <laughs> and the girls were like, stop it. <laughs> you know? And at 11 o'clock, um, the phone rang, just one phone, because there's like a bank of phones. And one of the phones rang, and my friend Kate answered, and she said, "Can so you, you gave them you gave them the number of work. the salon your work number?" I must have. Yeah, I did. I did. Was this before cell phones? No, I had a cell phone, okay. but they must have like called they probably my work. Wanted yeah, them all yeah. just in yeah. case, so they yeah. could reach yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She works at a salon. How sad. Let's call her. <laughs> <laughs> So, Just to check in. Yeah. Well, you probably didn't have service. You were in a basement, so they had to call your work. The landline. Maybe that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. The yeah. landline. It was my landline. So Kate puts it on hold, and she looks at me like a ghost, and she just said, Mary Children's Memorial Hospital is on the phone. And everybody oh my God. Like, froze. It was silent. And everybody. it was probably like six people in the basement, and everybody's like, oh, my God. And I pick up the line and I'm clearly on speakerphone and there's like a group of people on the other line. They said, is this Mary Grill? And I said, yes. And they said, this is Children's Memorial Hospital. I was like, did I win? And they said, did you buy a raffle ticket? And I said, yes, I, I, I'm an actress. I, I. I'm, I'm trying to move to New York City. I, did I win? And they said, you won. Oh. And I took the phone and I threw it at the low <laughs> It like hit the ceiling immediately. <laughs> and I like ran out of the room. And I like told all the nail people and everybody was like, <sighs> it was like such a celebration. Oh my God. And that, I, is, that is crazy. Isn't that crazy? And you actually did know. I like knew. How did you know? I don't know. And I called my I called I called my dad first, and I was so like overwhelmed that I was whispering, and I and I, I never call my dad at work, and so he answered, and I was like, Dad, I want the money. <sighs> we want the rebel. <laughs> and he was like, pause, and then he said, You are 
shitting me. Oh. <laughs> it was... And did you split the money with him? He wouldn't take it. Oh, that's so sweet. He would. I was like, it's ours. We won. And he was, you know. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm sure... He of was course. relieved. I, of you know, it was it was one of those things where it's like you can't. I wasn't going to win. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. and also like you're about to have. Can you imagine this this child that you're about to have is win something huge? You're not going to be like, well, I helped you get that, so I'll take half. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. like, I'm I'm an adult, and I'm I'm so happy for my kid that you got this thing that's just you know it's yours. Yeah, Shine it was so me. nice though. I it was so nice. wonderful. Isn't that cool? And, and I moved so to New York, and, and I went to Italy. You the money. did. You, oh, you did. You did. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did the math because I was like, maybe if you take the car and you sell the car, it's... No, no. But you have to take pay taxes on the car to, to receive the car, yes. which I didn't have that. But you had to pay taxes on the cash too, right? But later? Uh, right, yeah, next. they like give it all, all... They give you the money with the taxes already taken out. Oh, nice. Oh, yes. that's good. Yes. That's really good. Oh, yeah. That sounds yeah. unusual. That's great. It was so yeah. fun. When I deposited you... it at the bank, I was like, I owe them an explanation. This is insane. This yeah. is crazy <laughs> amount of money. And it's probably not that insane. Right, right. But I was but like... still, oh, uh, yeah, that's yeah, a that's... lot of... Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's that's really good. I mean, I. It's so complicated. I mean, you know, when you win something, it's always it's always lovely and wonderful. But I have been in the category of winning uh, a, a thing and not money. Um, and there, I I won. Um, I, I was going to talk about it. It was just because it was it was crazy. First of all, Outfest Film Festival g- gave me an award uh, a, a couple years ago. Um, which was so lovely, and they're like, and I try to give them as many shoutouts as I can because they have been so good to me. And I, they just they just wrapped up this last, uh, the, their LA, you know, their festival is always in July, mm-hmm. and uh, they gave me an award a few years ago, and it was so I was so not expecting it, and it was just That's one cool. of those things that I had no idea that like they you know, and um, some people depending on like each like the awards were sponsored by different. Um, you know, organizations. And so depending on who sponsored it, that determined the prize that they that they gave. Um, to me, I would have been happy. Actually, I said many times, I would have been just happier just getting the recognition you got the award. Like, mm-hmm. we we recognize what you do and we want to, we want to honor that. Because mm-hmm. that was so huge. And I that that moment I'll never forget because they were they were talking about, like, I was in a bunch of short short films weirdly that year mm-hmm. and they were talking about this actor and he played all these roles and I'm and I'm sitting there going who is he who are they talking about like I had no idea <laughs> until they said my name because they, they just treated everything so earnestly and it was oh, a lot wow. of these like crazy little sh- crazy you know shit storm three minute you know <laughs> videos that I did yeah, that I was yeah. like it's so nice that they you know so I was so touched and it was lovely but the award that I got was from um, a, a, a little company called Kodak uh, and they're no longer in business and I don't care because let me tell you my award uh, that Kodak gave was um, it was a certain amount of film stock. I, I got film. I got literal film from Kodak. Um, I met with this woman, this like she was like the liaison. And um, the award that I got normally goes to a filmmaker. It's it was called it was the award for emerging talent. So they usually give it to like a filmmaker whose film that they see potential in. Um, you know, they they every year they sort of they sort of decide the film festival goes. Oh, we're gonna give it to, you know, somebody that we believe in or whatever. And this randomly 
Uh, this year they randomly gave it to an actor. Um, and so I got all this film. Well, everything I do is digital and I don't work in film. I've never, I don't know how to put film in a camera. I don't know. I mean, I guess, I mean, even like movies that I've been in are usually digital. I mean, oh, you yeah. know, I think film Boardwalk is- Empire was like a partially such a thing to discuss because they shot it on film. Right, exactly. It's, it's rare that anything is shot on that. film anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, film is beautiful. And I was so I so I was willing to sort of work with them, but I sat down with this woman at Kodak, and I was and I was just like, so uh, is there? I was like, can any of this? Oh, it was. Oh, I know what it was. It was, it was, um, it was some amount of money in film in film stock. I don't remember what the amount was. At this time I couldn't pay my bills. That was that was the year I was going to Outfest and I was getting pretzels and free vodka and I was like, how am I going to pay this bill versus that bill? It was a, I was in a really rough patch financially then and it was this like thing where I'm like I'm getting recognized and I can't eat. Um and I had this giant I had a piece of paper with a big amount of money on it that I was like I and I was like can any of this money go toward equipment that you know that I can rent you know no it was just the film stock can any of it go towards the, the editing no so it was just this it was useless to right. me and I couldn't do anything with it right and um and and I didn't know anybody that could shoot on film and use it cuz I was like maybe I'll take a a short that I've written and shoot it on film, make something beautiful with it. Because I wanted to use this prize that I had been given. Mm-hmm. But then you and have to hire someone be- who can edit the film. Exactly. And, like, it's, a whole- it's a whole other thing. And I was like, I can do nothing with this. Oh, the man. woman at Kodak was so evil. And we f- come to find out she's also a filmmaker. And she didn't understand why her shorts didn't get into Outfest. Oh, and I was like, oh, horrible <laughs> I woman. I want her on Town at Hall. At Kodak. Oh, complete <laughs> character for Town yeah. Hall. And... You know, and Outfest was so lovely about it and so apologetic. And I was talking to so many people and I'm like, I want to do something with this because this means so much to me. Um, And finally, after a year of going back and forth and doing everything I could and I was trying and I was like sitting on this thing and I was like, you know, and the the certificate expired after a year and I was like, I don't know what to to do with this. And so I, I sort of reached the end point where I basically had to just pick up a trunk load full of film in my car and take it over across town and sell it to a, a production company that was just buying film. So they basically bought film for me for a little bit, like about half of what it was worth. Mm. So they were getting a deal and I got a check for like half that amount. And it was like pawning a wedding ring or something. I mean, not that yeah. big, not that big. Yeah. But, but it, it had felt, meaning. It had meaning and I felt so gross that I'm just taking this thing and I'm driving it across town to go sell it. Yeah. You know, and I was like, but at least I'll do something with this. Yeah. You know, and I was like, I did need money really badly. And, you know, but it was so complicated that I couldn't just, and they were so unhelpful the Kodak people about it like there was no there was nothing that could be done and they were mad and they're like well I don't know what to tell you we normally give this to a filmmaker and it was like well even filmmakers don't couldn't do you do much with this, this. and yeah. so it was it was um, really rough <clears throat> and I mean it was a matter of just like maybe two years after that that they were like Kodak was like shutting down I mean Kodak's done you as far put as them I know. out of business wow. I was you thrilled. You took all of their films. I was so <laughs> mad. And for all the good that they've done for the world, I was like, you know what? You guys didn't stay with the times. You guys yeah. you guys didn't change or not you no, you did stay with the times. You didn't change with the times. Right. You didn't you were you were your your um action to me was your was was just a small example of how you 
treated the world and how right. you interacted. And the world is changing. And it's like you can either die with, you know, with, with the old way of doing things or you can change. Yeah. And you're not willing to change. So die. And I was just <laughs> and I was so I was just I was just like, well, good that, that my justice in that. You know, um, uh, you know, on such a stupid personal level, but but yeah, but you always take the money. It's always, always it's so much easier, even when the money's less than even if it's a hundred thousand dollar car, forty grand. Oh, oh my god, so much better. Oh yeah, so it was much awesome. better. And they did the math. It was probably all the same value. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But they faxed a form to the salon to the basement in the salon <laughs> that I had to f- fill out. It said, "Please check one." Range Rover, oh Mercedes Benz, <laughs> his and her Mini Cooper, one prize. One yeah. prize. Or wow. 40 grand. And I just went like, uh, it was so great. Oh fax my back. God, fax it back. And yeah. here comes a check. I love that. Isn't I love that it. Great. That's amazing. I love mm-hmm. it. You're like, there was some force that you just knew. You just knew. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I, I'm going to get this. This is mine. It was so strange. And I've never, I don't like get those feelings in my life. Yeah. I'm not like, it was like I was positive. And that was what made you able to move to New York. Yeah. Yeah. And go to Italy. And get out of the basement. <laughs> get out of the basement. Oh my God, I love it. Yeah, it really, you know, it's like I was able to move to New York and like I had a little bit of money to like be there and figure things out mm-hmm. and you know because it's like after taxes even 40 grand even if i got forty thousand dollars it's like that's a lot of money it's not going to change your whole life that's a lot of money it's like but, but it, some choices but it absolutely will give you the cushion that you need totally to you know that's i mean that's it is a lot of money i'm really when you think about it like money and, yeah and some stuff yeah absolutely yeah and uh and time that you're not having to work so right. that you can start planting seeds you right. know, creatively and just breathe a little bit and not yeah. feel like you have to be, you know, that's I, awesome. It changed everything. Yeah. It changed my life, I would say. Yeah. I oh, mean, for you know, sure. I can't think of, I don't know if I would have had the nerve to, I think my mom and dad, if I was like, look, I really need your help. Can you help me get to New York? Of course they I would. Think they would. But I just like d- didn't, I wasn't thinking about asking them at all. Yeah. You know, I, right. I just, it was my responsibility as far as I was concerned, but it was like, how do you, do I put it on a credit card? I, yeah, right. What do you do? What do you do? And you, you, you know, win money is what you and do. And you just knew. They were like, there was Hell something yeah. that I was like, I should be doing this. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I love it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, we are out of time. Good. I'm so sorry. Time. I mean, thank you all so, so much for too. doing this. Thank you for so having us. Oh, my us. God. You guys, it was so wonderful. I loved this whole thing. Uh, lie. Learn learn how to lie. Yeah. Shred your pop card. Make it art. Then throw it away. <laughs> yeah. Trust your instincts. Trust weird witchy women on the street who want to give you very nice pamphlets. <laughs> That's if right. If a pamphlet has a gloss. If it has a gloss. Take it. Take yes. it. You know, it's but worth it. But feel guilty about it first. Yes. And then you guys, yeah. I literally was like, I could possibly take that. I, I couldn't possibly <laughs> oh. take that nice pamphlet. I love it. I love it so much. Um, I want to thank my guests, Lana McKissick and Mary Grill. Thank you, Miss. Thank you, Miss Evesha Evesha, be here. Oh, I'm very drunk. Uh, this has been another episode of True Drunkies Minor Revelations. Thank you for listening and have a week. Have a week. Have a week.